podcast is brought to you in collaboration with Core Blimey You Beauty. Core Blimey You Beauty, you've probably seen me post her a million times and you're probably aware that she's my actual real life friend. But when I tell you that her facials are literally the best in the world, or the best that I've ever had, definitely. I'm not just saying that because she's my friend. I am saying that because truly she is fantastic. Uh, she's based in North London, uh, easy to get to, right by the Alexandra Palace train station. She specialises in electrical face and body treatments. Her services include a wide range of facials treating skin concerns such as acne, dry skin, dehydration, hyperpigmentation, and her treatments include extractions of blackheads, skin resurfacing, chemical peels, and dermaplaning. Her body treatments include non-surgical cellulite treatments, booty lifts, stretch marks, back and booty facials. Uh, She's had some amazing clients. If you go to her page, you'll see some of them like Anthony Joshua, seriously still pissed off that she didn't invite me in that day. Uh, Maya Jama, Patricia Bright, uh, Sex Educations, Noru Gatwa, Katie Piper, Ash Nico and Tweely, to name just a few. Um, I could not recommend her more highly. Uh, Her waiting list is very long. So if you want to book in with her, get in now. She's well worth it. You can find her on Instagram at core blimey you beauty all one word um, and on there if you just go to her uh, link in her bio you will find uh, where to book so get in there she's amazing I love her support women support black owned businesses and give her a follow Hello and welcome to the La 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 Let Me Explain podcast and today my special guest is basically it's two podcasts in one here. <laughs> Laid Bear, which is one of the best sex positive podcasts out there, has come to join La La. Hey! So we've only got one half of Laid Bear, yes. Aloni, yes. Uh, who is a writer, presenter, sex positive advocate, all round badass oh, TV you. show host <laughs> and uh, and obviously a podcaster. Yes. I'm so gassed to have you here. I'm so gassed to be here. I'm excited. I'm really, really excited. And I love your content as well. Like, I just love the way you've been able to create, like, pick memes that people think is relatable and you just dissect it and you're just like, well, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yes, I love it. So People make it so you. easy out here with these fucking They do. Sometimes memes. you're just like, should I even yeah yeah exactly <laughs> meme culture is just like ruining the world I think like, it really is it really is <laughs> so you do the laid bear podcast and you normally do it with SJ and you did do it with Scotty yes. as well yeah so Scotty was previously on the show but she's not with us any longer she's decided to just do her own thing which is you know it happens like not all um, great things last forever so I guess you know it's, it's a shame but you know we wish her well um, and SJ is currently in Swindon she's back with family and um, she usually comes back and forth we actually did a show earlier today funnily enough so um, our show will be out whenever <laughs> yeah how often do you put your podcast out so we aim for like once a week but it's very hard and I think what's annoying is 
we usually go to a studio so a studio that a lot of um, other podcasts use from um like the receipts or like yeah um, i've seen this one with like plants and stuff yes yeah. that one so it's in romford we usually go there but because of covid like i don't want to be the reason why everyone's leaving the house every week i don't want that responsibility for anything happened so we record remotely at the moment um but we aim to record like once a week right now it's more like once every two weeks but we will get better we will get better and just we've all been going through our own like crap so i've been moving into my new place and sj's away so yeah it's been a busy life right now (laughs) it should be yeah so tell me a bit about you like where did you where do you come from like your whole how did you get into being the Aloni that we know now thank you (laughs) so um born and raised in London of course both my um parents are from Nigeria came over I didn't mean that when I said where do you come from oh no 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 no, 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 not at all. But even when I was, I was doing a podcast with Pretty Little Thing the other day as well, and they were asking me like, "Where am I from?" I was just like, "Where am I from?" <laughs> but no, um, I was actually so I've lived in Enfield practically my whole life, but currently just moved to East London, and um, but I still, yeah, like my family are originally from Nigeria. Um, I actually lived there for a bit when I was younger, so I was one of the naughty kids who got sent back like for misbehaving. <laughs> But when they realised I couldn't hack it, I was just like, I'll do anything just to come back. Like, please. So they let me come back. And um, yeah, pretty much been here my whole life. If you take away maybe like six months, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) But um, I was always, I enjoyed writing from young. I've always enjoyed writing. Wasn't the greatest writer you know but i know that i really really enjoyed it i enjoyed telling stories um i was always the person who you know had a diary growing up i feel like many of us had diaries growing up especially if you're like an 80s and 90s kid like before the internet existed we were all that's what we had to do you know Mm. that's how we'd pass time so i was always writing in a diary up until i was probably maybe 17 from my diary decided to create a blog and you know my blog was always about my love life and with love of course comes sex but you know i realized and clocks that a lot of women didn't really enjoy writing about or talking about sex but it didn't make sense to me because people were definitely doing it i mean i'm a product of sex i mean we both are do you know what i mean so why are we not having those conversations and um I was always a friend who was just, you know, intrigued and wanted to have those conversations. And, you know, I was probably the second out of my group of friends who lost my virginity when I was like 18. And we just have conversations and I'd write about it. And from that content turned into wanting to be open on social media. And then I just built my following from that, just being that black girl who wanted to talk about sexuality because I felt like other black girls weren't doing it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And you had the girls who were doing beauty, fashion, you know, OOTD, but there wasn't really girls who were talking about dating or, you know, the culture of sex and sexuality. But we definitely were reading about it because my engagement showed me we were, (laughs) even if they weren't truly engaging with it by responding. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? Do you feel like, so I definitely think, certainly there's a perception on on social media and culturally around people have different assumptions about black girl sexuality and white girl sexuality. And it's interesting, I I feel like it's a kind of like layered contradictions in a way, because Mm. 
I think there's a definite over-sexualization of black women and fetish... I can never say this word. I can't say it either. <laughs> and, um, but then on the other hand, there is this kind of weird presumption of like oh well white girls will suck your dick white yeah, girls, girls are, are easy. easy black girls are stush. more yeah, yeah black girls are stush black girls are more demure yeah so it's this weird kind of like they're over sexualized but then if black girls venture into sex people are more like oh she She's shouldn't be doing yeah, that exactly and we expect that of white girls because we expect white girls to be slack mm-hmm. you know there's this whole mm-hmm. weird race yeah, stuff tied course. up in it isn't no, definitely. it definitely i think it's to do with culture i think you know our culture when it just comes to black culture what we see is that oh, white people are up for anything or white people are more open culturally in general. And in that culture also comes with sexuality, like they're more open. And with us, we're so, we're supposed to be um, more, not laid back, sorry, what's the word I'm looking for? But we're similar to Stush, I would say, but just not as open, I guess, Mm. and not open towards sex and just not open to new thinking or new ideas. It's what you've known since you were young and it has to stay like that. Um, you know, what we saw in sex is that it's supposed to be something that you're that's done when you're married and for procreation. It's not something that's supposed to be enjoyed like that. And I just feel like a lot of black people don't like seeing each other enjoy things sometimes. And that sometimes boils down to women as well. Like how dare she enjoy sex or how dare she enjoy using her body for pleasure? You know, sex is something that, we see is done to is done to women like they see it as something that's done to women not something that women are a part of and it can be so jarring as well which is why that education needs to be out there you know constantly and we're supposed to be having these conversations yeah. like we are today i think religion is such a factor like all of my black friends mm-hmm. their pet no we're not all but vast majority of my black friends their parents are really relig- religious yeah whereas it's not the same for my white friends yeah and so i think the um, impact of religion on sexuality and then expectations of black women as a result of that. Uh, is, I think it's a strong element to why there's these different perceptions. Yeah. Were no, you definitely. raised religious? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, my mum was actually a Muslim before she became a Christian. And then, you know, she married my dad who was also a Christian. His dad was um, a preacher as well. Um, which is something I just realized I never really share. Like my dad's dad was actually a preacher. So I grew up in a family that was all about religion. Even if it wasn't Christianity, it was about Islam. I'm, I remember one of the first times I went back to Nigeria and uh, my mum, again, who was a Christian at this time, took us to her mum's house and she had these men who were praying for us, but they were Muslim. And I'm just like, how are Muslim men praying for us when we Christian? Like, do you know what I mean? Mm. It was just a bit, not weird, but, it's just, it was a bit of a culture shock because I'm just like, oh, we're not Christians. I don't understand. And you're making me say amen mm. to these, you know, to these men who are Muslim. I don't know what they're saying. So we've, I've basically had my family built on religion and, um, you know, talking about sex is just something that you, we just didn't do. When I spoke to my mom about periods, for example, when I was younger, she didn't even want to tell me, you know, if I asked her where babies came from, she would say, God gave it to you. Um, those were her answers. Mm. She never wanted to talk about um, love, affection, or um, the biology of sex even, even though that's not even enough sometimes. The biology of sex is not enough. So talk less of STIs, consent, you know, sexuality. That was just, was Mm. not a topic of conversation. What does she make of what you do now? Do you know what? I think because she likes the money side of it, Mm. she's good. (laughs) (laughs) 
But she's more, she's got her eyes set more on the dating aspect. So she'll always be open to the dating aspect. I think, I mean, I'm just turned 30. So I feel like when um, we were, I think it was summer during lockdown and um, we were eating in the garden and me and my sister just started probing and asking her questions about sex. And I think that I realized that that was the first time I'd ever have a conversation with her properly about sex and her reactions were expected, but they were definitely comical because for me, I was just like, I can't believe I mean, I'm 30 and I'm only talking to you about sex now. And you know, I'd ask her questions and she'd ask me questions like, Oh, are you a virgin? I'm like, yeah, I'm a virgin. And she'd like, <laughs> you know, she'd kiss her teeth. Like, yeah. <laughs> but that's that's where we are <laughs> so she ain't listening to your podcast or anything. oh hell no <laughs> i've definitely suggested that she should shoot some content with me um for a brand and she's just like yeah yeah, yeah. tell them to bring the money i'll do it <laughs> so, that would be you could make something quite hilarious out I of that could, but she's so camera shy like yeah. my mum is the most camera shy person ever she's so cute like she doesn't enjoy public speaking if she has to do any public speaking especially in church she'll come in my room and rehearse or she'll ask uh-huh. me for tips and she'll be like okay how did i do so get Getting her in front of a camera will be like a deer in front of headlights. It just wouldn't work yeah, yeah, at yeah. all. She's just not made for that. <laughs> She's like. not at all. <laughs> but you've got that massive confidence. I remember listening to your TED talk a while ago and you spoke about how you wanted this job. Was it at Cosmo? Yes. And you just weren't willing to take no for an answer. You just had that confidence to go, yeah. I'm, I belong here and yeah. you need to see me. Of course. No. Yeah, I did that. And um, I love telling that story because... So for some reason, it reminds me to never stop being that person because I feel like as you get older, you lose that um, sense of feeling. When I talk about sense of feeling, I'm talking about freedom and being careless and just going after what you want. Mm. There's less care. But I feel like as you get older, you're just like, oh, too many people are watching me or I might look stupid. Mm. You care more about what people think. When you're younger, you're just like, nothing to lose. Nothing to lose. And I like telling that story because it inspires other young people and it inspires myself to never stop being that same 20 something year old woman. Mm. And um, yeah, I basically, just stayed in their lobby and they <laughs> they wouldn't let me see anyone from Cosmopolitan and I just sat there for hours until their editor's assistant came downstairs she was impressed and I mean I'm not saying do that the first round like you know go through <laughs> the normal process please yeah. which is to email I'd done that one too many times and I was basically fed up because not only had I done emails I'd you know, I'd gone to masterclasses, which are basically like PR scams. Mm. Um, they get like hundreds of um, aspiring journalists and make them feel as though, you know, they, they have a shot in this industry, which doesn't even pay great for um, <laughs> my ad. And um, you get to listen to all these editors on the panel. So I've gone to those, paid money to go to these events, created portfolios to meet these um, editors, and I'm still being told no, you know, I'm doing my elevator um, speech in front of these um, in, in front of these editors and they still are not, you know, accepting towards my elevator pitches. So that's when I said, fine, I will make a video CV. They still said no. I said, OK. So I sat in their offices. So you have to imagine I went through all those steps yeah. before I sat there. So, yeah, um, please be relentless and never take no for and an did, did they give you a job off the back of that then? It wasn't a job offer. It was... Oh, so at the time it was... Um, 
what, I was going to say, well, it was a work experience. So it was, what do we usually call it? Like um, an internship, sorry. Mm. It's been so long. I don't even know what it's called anymore. What's an internship? I don't do that no more. <laughs> um, so it was an internship. And even when I was there, I think that's when I realized I don't really want to be here. Like I like it, but I want to create my own mm. platform. I want to create my own thing. Um, I don't want to rely on another organization and have to come. I didn't, I think I just don't like office culture in general because it wasn't just them. Even when I had other jobs after that, I just said office culture is just not for me. And that's completely fine. I enjoy working on my time, my clock and creating my own content. But, um, you know, even what I wanted to create funnily enough was made, you know, years after I'd left. And that was, you know, creating a sex and relationship editor, which they never had at the time. Mm. It was more just like fashion, beauty and features in the magazine. And um, in America, they had that. They had a sex and relationship editor. And um, it was just really hard being there. You know, I did my best. But even after being there, I was just like, these people are probably thinking, let's just give her the job and say we've done it and let her go. Mm. And um, for me, it was just like, okay, this is where you've always wanted to work. How do you feel about it now? Mm, It's great, but you know, there's somewhere you're meant to be bigger than this Mm. and that's perfectly okay. Still love Cosmo in terms of um, the content it's given because it's definitely inspired a lot of the blogs that I've written. Um, But yeah, so no, I did not get a job. But um, I gained a lot of experience and knowledge, which is great because without a bit of that, I wouldn't, I guess I could say I wouldn't be where I am today. Mm. Yeah. Did you study journalism? I did. At university? I did. I studied journalism. I don't know why, because again, it doesn't pay that great. Um, If anyone's listening, please look at jobs that pay great before you go and do a course because you're (laughs) wasting your time. And I think because... I'm really about, I love money, so (laughs) I don't know why I chose to do that. One, it's hard to get into, and it's all about who you know. And you can imagine, like, even just being a black woman, you don't know that many people when it comes to the creative industry. Mm. So you have to make sure that you know people. And um, I feel like things are starting to change. And um, it's, yeah, it's just very, very hard to get into, especially if you're not, you know, you don't want to commit to freelancing. And again, committing to freelancing is just just setting yourself up for something (laughs) yeah yeah I hear you but I guess when if you're if you're like for me I went into social work which I knew was never gonna pay heavily yeah but I think sometimes you have a kind of vocation it sounds like journalism was kind of your vocation but you knew you needed to make something bigger than that for yourself absolutely it sounds like a good route in yeah no definitely because I mean, a lot of these companies, um, magazine companies did ask if I had a journalism degree. So it was, I was happy to be like, yeah, I'm studying journalism and I do have a degree. Um, So yeah, but if I could go back, I probably would have just studied English. So so your sex expertise (laughs) comes from on the job. It comes from on the job. (laughs) Every day I'm learning something. I mean, even today I told SJ that I just learned. I mean, have you heard of a little death before? Have you heard what a little death is? No. See, I just found out what a little death is. So I'm constantly always finding out something, which I find spectacular and um, what I love. I was talking to a friend of mine who brought it up and I was just like, I've never heard of that. And then I was watching um, a show on Netflix called Emily in Paris. Have you heard of it? I've seen it. I haven't watched it. Yeah. So she spoke about it briefly on the show. And I was just, it's so weird. You know, when you hear something new and then it just keeps popping up Mm. and you're just like, what the hell? 
So that popped up again. And I'm just like, why am I the only person who has never heard of this? And I Googled it and I found out that it's just basically an orgasm that makes you feel reborn again. So I think it's a French thing as well. But yeah, it's called a little death or a mini death. So I'm always (laughs) learning like on the job. And when I do find out something new, I'm just like, hey guys, have you heard of this? Do you know what I mean? How do you achieve a little death? I want one. I don't know. It just feels like, I'm guessing it's just a really intense orgasm, which I did experience last week with my sexual partner and I was just like yep that was a little death because I did feel I felt like my soul left my body wow and then I felt reborn I was just like that that was a little death yeah has he got a brother <laughs> he does <laughs> funnily enough he does oh I need that so badly um I think I'm manifesting things at the moment like mm-hmm. I'm I've been doing all this work about um not faking orgasms which I know you've done a lot Ooh, of stuff yes. on that as well and like I'm finding orgasms like extremely fucking elusive at the moment. And I've done, yesterday I did a whole, or the last two days, did a whole massive thread about herpes. Yeah. Huge thread about herpes. I've never had herpes. Mm-hmm. I've never had a cold sore, which mm-hmm. is obviously herpes. I've never had genital herpes. And then today I've woken up. Alani yeah. can see what I'm showing her. Oh, okay. Doesn't that look like a cold sore? It could be a spot. I, I think it's a you. spot. Yeah, it could be a spot. But yeah. I'm pretty much paranoid about the fact that because i did a thread about herpes i've manifested it <laughs> oh no so now no. i think i need to do threads about like um having a multi-millionaire boyfriend yes, and so orgasm continuously yes. so hopefully i haven't manifested a cold sore through, yeah. through the powers of instagram <laughs> but you know i think i need to use it if it works yeah. so aloni and i have got a load of questions mm-hmm. which were sent in by my followers which we're going to go through uh, together. Um, actually, one of the things I did, so the first question is, have you ever done any wild shit to snag a man? And this actually reminded me of what you do, because one, one of your things that you're most famous for yeah. is your whole ladies... Let, let's have some let's fun. Let's have some fun. And yes. then you get women to do mad shit, like tell a guy that if you post them on social media, they'll buy you a, you'll buy him a PS5 <laughs> yeah. and, and all of that kind of stuff. Um, and I love that. I love yeah. how you get, like, it's so interactive and, mm-hmm. and, and it's really cool. But, um, but yeah, so I'm wondering about, like, th- this feels like one of them type of questions that you've asked before. Mm-hmm. Like, ladies, have you done any wild shit what to snag a man? Ooh. Have you ever done anything wild? I'm trying to think I've ever done anything wild. No, I don't. I, I don't think I've ever done anything crazy. I think any guy that's been for me was already with me and already given me enough headache. So <laughs> I don't think I've ever done anything to actually go out of my way and snag a guy. Unless it's just to sleep with him. Which, mm. Does that count? Yeah. Does that count? Mm. Anything wild that I've ever done. I'm still trying to think. Oh my God, my memory thing is so empty. Like, I don't think I've done anything crazy. Like, I feel like guys are so easy, to be honest. You can say anything and they'll come (laughs) over and have sex with you. There's not much convincing you have to do. It is very, it is very (laughs) true. Men are like the easiest species that we have that walk this up. Do you know, that is one of the things I'm thinking, actually, in terms of like, I don't think I I, I can't tell you any stories about Mm. like, wild shit that I've done because I haven't done anything insane like bungee jump into his back garden or anything but I have done wild shit if you think about and I'm sure you might have done this too like you know like when you're younger and you've got like pick me mentality oh yes and make like so in in that sense I have done wild shit oh yeah to okay then man. I have oh yeah then I have yeah, like yeah. to me that's wild that you would like throw other women under the bus and try to assert superiority over other women mm. I've definitely done things like I remember I was chatting to a guy and um 
think I was at his house or something and we were watching something and this this babe station girl or whatever came up and he was like, oh yeah, I, I, I used to chat to her or she messaged me on Insta or whatever. And I was just like, oh, really? Like babe station? Like, <laughs> you really think you can what, have kids with her in the future? Like really trying to do all this undermining shit. Yeah. Like well, she's a hoe. Like how are you looking at her like that? And that's not what I believe at all. Yeah. And that's not who I am. But my need to get this guy to prefer me over her led me to be like dragging her, Mm -hmm. degrading her, making it sound like, oh, she's a sex worker. So, you know, so to me, when I look back on that stuff, I consider it wild because I just feel like, what were you doing? Mm -hmm. Why was your need to be wanted by this man so huge that you would try to invalidate a whole other woman and a whole other section of women in order to be validated and approved yeah. by him. Like. Yeah. So I haven't done exactly that. I've done, stuff I've done is probably like, just look at girls that he's like dated or had sex with in the past and just probably like, just cuss them out and be like, oh, she's ugly. Like, is yeah. that what you like? But I feel like we all do that anyway. Like, cause you're just like, I don't want my man to be with another girl. Like, yeah. Ugh. But I think pick me-ish stuff that I've done is cook and I don't cook. Mm. So for me to, oh no, funny story. When I was in uni, I had my friend cook for me. <laughs> and I told the guy I cooked it so she came <laughs> over and she cooked for him but I like threw flour all over myself and made out <laughs> and made out like it was me yeah I don't I can't cook for shit like, that would have been cook. really shit if he'd have been like oh what, what's this ingredient I can taste here like I how much of like, that did you bring <laughs> I'll go and look later <laughs> secret like, yeah, secret, secret recipe right, exactly can I tell you everything <laughs> yeah I've definitely done the whole cooking thing yeah and... I think the cooking is just what it's what we've been taught though isn't it like you know the way to a man's heart is through his stomach and it really isn't it's a lie it's and also the way stomach. to my heart is through my stomach right, where it's exactly. not but you know I like, me, I like food <laughs> too sense. like it's true I love food as well I I don't know why it's not like the same the other way around mm-hmm. um but i guess also the kind of stuff that i used to do which is not so much wild but i would very much like tailor my whole personality to whoever i was speaking oh, to yes. so oh if i was God. chatting to a guy who's like bang into the gym oh all of a God. sudden every one of my stories is me at the gym if he was a vegan i'd be like posting about animal <laughs> rights you know what i mean like oh and this is not me oh like. yes no definitely done that definitely done that i think i did it so much that i eventually like got interested into it like so for example i was never into basketball but my ex was a diehard like you know basketball like lakers fan and um but then again, that's just what happens when you're with someone. You like they start you do teaching get you, into it. and then yeah. you get into it. You have no choice because when they're waking you up with like basketball highlights <laughs> in the morning, you're just like, respect me, please. Like, do you know what I mean? So I did like pretend to like be interested, in it, and it just became a part of the relationship where it was just like, okay, like, yeah, I, I guess I have an idea of what's going on. But yeah, no, tailoring yourself to whoever you have a crush on has definitely. I've had friends who have who have done the exact same thing, and it's. It's funny to see, but it's important to at least be like, you know, aware, at least we're aware of what that person or who that person was and be able to be like, I can't believe I did that yeah. for men. Yeah, like, exactly. They're not that great. And it's so unnatural anyway, because it's like, what? why would I want this man to fall in love with me as this like fucking rock climbing vegan <laughs> when I'm actually not yeah. you know what I mean like he's gonna find out eventually exactly he will like, find out yeah. sooner or later we gotta own ourselves yeah. and just be like if you're not interested you're not interested exactly. do you know what I mean that is true um the next question 
says, is it okay for my partner to watch porn when I'm not around? It weirds me out and it makes me feel insecure. See, I always get this question and I would love if I could understand someone's mentality when it comes to like their issues with porn. Because when I get this, I'm just like, what's the problem? He's not going to like put his hands through the screen and grab her and Mm. start playing with her tits. Like, what is the issue? I don't see like a problem with porn at all. I don't think it's cheating, but that everyone... There's no blueprint to relationships or, you know, do you know what I mean? Mm. It's all to do with what makes you comfortable and having that understanding with each other and creating that boundary. And if you've discussed it and you've both come to an agreement that you won't watch porn, even actually, no, I'm not buying that. I tell a lie. I go back. No, I don't think there's an issue. With it. Yeah, I'm you know to, what? I'm trying to give you that answer, but I, my morals don't truly I'm agree 100% with it. you. Yeah. I'm 100% with you because I feel like if my man said to me, I am uncomfortable with you watching porn mm-hmm. and I don't want you to do it. Uh, whilst I'm totally on board with what you were trying to say, which was like, discuss boundaries, communicate yeah, if your partner's no, no, not happy. That. But also <laughs> I'd be thinking, why? Yeah. Fuck off. Like it doesn't, no bearing on our relationship. At all. Not that I'm massively into porn, but occasionally, you know, when it's taking too long, yeah, you just you put a little exactly. uges on or whatever. Yeah. Like, and, and, and when I do watch porn, I'm certainly not looking at those men, mm-hmm. actually, as a whole. Very rare. Actually, I look more at vaginas yeah. in, in porn. I'm the same. Um, and booty, like, for me. I'm just yeah, like, it's I'm like, looking at the boobs, the ass, yeah. the keys. Like, it's, not, it's less about... It's more just about what you see it's just the vision that just yeah. helps stimulate you exactly you're just like i that. just need the vision to help stimulate me i'm not in love with anyone like yeah. believe me i'm not gonna go instagram searching anyone yeah. after <laughs> this i promise you exactly i probably might even be a little disgusted with myself and turn it off <laughs> do you know what i mean not yeah. all the time but sometimes it happens yeah so i, I mean i'm not bisexual at all i'm yeah. fully heterosexual i wish i was bisexual or a lesbian i think mm-hmm. heterosexuality is a fucking curse but yeah. um but yeah i look more at like what's happening to the vagina and then imagine that that's what's happening to my you know what i mean mm-hmm. so i'm not actually even thinking of the people which is why i'm the same as you i kind of I find it a little bit difficult to get my head around the insecurity around porn because because actually I don't think that your partner when he's watching porn is 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 thinking deeply about the woman in any way shape or form but I do think it 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 must come from a place I mean she says it herself it makes her feel insecure it must come from a place of maybe comparing yourself physically or sexually to the women in porn yeah that's what I was going to say as well that's uh, when it becomes detrimental yeah and and also but i mean i think you know porn bodies are quite unrealistic they they don't represent you know your average woman and they do have incredible lighting and body foundation (laughs) and most of them have surgery yeah Yeah. they do um yeah i was gonna say yeah if that's when it becomes a problem i mean if he starts imitating what he sees in porn and you feel Mm. like it's affecting your relationship then that's a different conversation yeah but if it's solo masturbation and what i'm doing in my private time i'm sorry that's none of your business because you know before you i had a sexuality on my own like whatever i do with my body and by myself in my own spare time as long as it doesn't involve another person i still feel like i'm subscribing to um you know uh, a mono relationship Mm. so i don't see what the issue would be um but some people sadly don't see it that way some people start bringing like i don't know religion into it and yada 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 and i'm just like oh my god please like i i i can't um but unless it starts having an effect on the actual relationship in itself you know if he's like you mentioned if he's comparing your body to theirs if he's imitating what's going on 
if he's using your body to masturbate with, which mm. sometimes we do see in porn, like, but again, that's sometimes role playing. Um, then you've got a, an issue on your hands, but if not, yeah, chill. yeah, I think if it, you're, you're exactly right, I would totally agree with you. I think if it is just he's going on, he's having a wank and watching porn when you're not there it's really no big deal and mm. I don't think it's anything to be insecure about he's chosen you mm-hmm. he's in a relationship with you mm-hmm. he obviously likes having sex with you and just because your body doesn't look like the women that he's having sex with in porn doesn't mean that you're any less attractive mm-hmm. it's just it is what it is he, it's wank fodder and, and you've got to let go but I, again I, I couldn't agree more about the whole thing of like you know the porn that we see in in mainstream is not porn that ser- is not sex that serves women well. So if the porn is then leading him to have sex with you, which is porn like sex, mm. then that's when it's going to be problematic. Or if there is porn addiction, or, or the other thing that porn can do is like desensitize. So you know, a bit of missionary blowjob and doggy ends up not being enough to get them off because they need to see that next extreme thing and then they search for rough porn, violent porn, choking porn and then mm-hmm. it like escalates, escalates to the point where in order to get off they have to be doing and seeing some really extreme shit. Absolutely. So I think that porn can be really dodgy for relationships in that aspect yeah. but if it's purely just a jealousy thing over the women I don't think that there is an issue. Of course, no. I mean too much of anything in general is the rule so as they say, it's not good for you. But I mean, even I cut down on how much I watch porn. Like I probably watch porn, like, you know, maybe once a week or if that, maybe once every two weeks. And it's just a cheeky bit. Like, you know, I like to tell people to try use their imagination as well to and find different ways to masturbate as well. Mm. And um, enjoy it with him. You can enjoy it with him as well. I think that would be a great way. Um, yeah, that's yeah. a great idea. Yeah, yeah maybe she together. should watch it with him. Watch it with him. You know, have sex together with him mm. uh, and have sex whilst the porn is on. Um, there's so many ways around it, honestly, but you do need to work on your insecurities first. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Um, okay, the next one's interesting. It says, when it comes to dating, I have a fear that I'm going to get assaulted I find it hard to even invite men over after a few dates. Do you have any tips for security? Oh, yes, definitely. I think it's always scary when you're meeting someone new. Um, I mean, I was even talking to this guy and he kept, you know how guys love to drop hints, especially when you get a new place, like guys love to drop hints that they want to come over. Just like, dude, I don't know you from Adam. Like, you know, you probably are a normal average Joe. No, Joe was crazy. We shouldn't even say that anymore. <laughs> Joe, we shouldn't really use that term anymore. But you might be a normal guy, but let's go out in public at least five times. Let me yeah. see if I can pick up on any red signs to know if you're a bit cuckoo. Mm. And um, that's what I would advise. I mean, you're a woman at the end of the day. And being a woman is scary. I mean, even being a trans woman is scary as well. So yeah, even scarier. Even scarier. You know, there's so many statistics about trans women every day that we find out that um, that they go through when it comes to violence. So being a cis woman as well is is fucking scary because you just don't know who to trust but i would definitely say tell someone um when you're about to go on a date never invite anyone back to your home never let them know where you live and um just make it pretty clear and when you go out in public make sure it's a place that's crowded where there are a lot of witnesses and um i think there are codes for women i don't know what it is so i apologize so do some research i don't know if you know it do you know the angela ask for uh, at the bar yeah yeah 
So there are so but many. I think there's some pitfalls with that. So that's, really, yeah. So what you're talking about is there's posters in some bars and stuff that say like if you're on a date and you're feeling frightened or you know you want to get out of there, you ask a member of staff like, "Oh, is Angela around?" and they should instantly know what you're talking about and separate you from the man and call you a cab and whatever. Um, and I've heard some. Uh, instances where it's really worked and that's it's really helped people but unless bars um are constantly retraining their staff so you might have a set of staff who work there in the september when the plan you know when the bar takes that on and they all get trained in it but then the training doesn't apply to every new member of the staff that oh, starts yeah and so like six months down the line there's nobody a really set knows of staff yeah. you go up to them you're like is angela here and they're like no bye and you're still left in <laughs> yeah, the same situation okay, so that needs so, to be tapped into so properly i just don't think it's foolproof but i yeah. think it's worth a try if mm. you're in that kind of situation definitely um but I think, yeah, it's, it is difficult. I mean, everybody has to consider safety, but, you know, it's really obvious that if you are dating men, it's just a fact of life that m- men can be more sexually violent and aggressive than, than women. It's much more likely that a woman is going to get into a dangerous situation on a date than a man is, unless there's been a setup for him to get robbed yeah. or something like that. Um, I have a friend, actually, really close friend of mine. Some people probably remember this from my Instagram. She went on a date with a guy... And I think it was from the the dating app Inner Circle, so which is supposed to be the one that's a bit more highbrow, like you're not allowed on there if you're not like a high flyer of some sort, like a big earner or whatever. She went out on a date with this guy. He came across really well on the app, like and came to the date, like suited and booted and whatever. And then when they were on the date, she started to get those kind of feelings of like, mm, you know, you just know. Yeah, this is, this my ain't spirit guy doesn't me. take to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then she, so they they had their dinner and whatever, and then the date ended, and then she um, said that she was going to get the DLR home. She lives, like, east somewhere. She was going to get the DLR home, and he insisted on travelling with her. And um, she was like, no, 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 I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be fine. He was like, it's 11 o'clock at night. I'm coming with you. I'm taking you to your door. I've been raised like this. You know, I'm a man. I'm not going to allow a woman to go to her door by herself after a date, even if nothing's happening. So my friend was just like, uh... And she said that as the, like, journey on the DLR was progressing, he started talking about, like, having really serious depression and um, how... Why does this feel like emotional manipulation? Exactly. And you have... I haven't even heard this story. And it's just like, you you know when you just know men? You're just like, men. Mm-hmm. But no, carry on. I want to hear this story. So, so, so it started, like, him going on and on and even started, like, crying a bit and talking about how lonely he is and how depressed he's been and all of this kind of stuff. And then when they got to her front door, she was like, okay, I'm going to call you a cab now. And then he started like doing the, like really like over egging the whole, I'm depressed, I'm depressed, I'm really sad, I'm feeling a bit suicidal kind of thing. And then she was, she's a social worker. So she, again, she's got that nature about her of like, "Ah, I want to help people. But she also knew this is dodgy. Yeah. But anyway, she was like, she kind of felt like, oh, I can't, like he's now breaking down in the fucking street. So I kind of have to invite him in. So she invited him in to call a cab from hers. And then when they got into the flat, um, he like took his shoes off, laid down on the sofa, like feet up, hands behind his head and was just like, get me a drink. And she was like, no, I'm calling you a cab. Um, 
And then they got into this whole, like, you know, her saying you need to leave and him saying, well, I'm not going to. Mm. And then he stood up and tried to grab her around her waist and ended up, she had like a wraparound dress on it, ended up ripping. Mm. And she was like, at this point, I'm going to call the police. Like, you have to leave my house. And uh, he punched her in her face. Jesus Christ. He knocked out a tooth. Jesus um, Christ. Yeah. And she's like screaming and crying by this point. Uh, and then she called the police. Bearing in mind, this is a guy she's been on one date with she called the police and um she was trying so might she's got a, a foreign accent she yeah. wasn't born in the uk yeah. english is her second language so she speaks english very well yeah. but like she's got an accent yeah. so when she was talking to them on the phone they were kind of playing around like the people on the end of the phone weren't taking it seriously yeah and they were a bit like we can't understand you what's going on well, we'll send the police but then the, but it took like an hour. I think she had to call the police three times. This guy's in her house the whole time. She doesn't know what to do. Um, you know, she's bleeding. She lost a fucking tooth. When the police did turn up, um, they entered the property and then he w- had himself very together. She was hysterical. And so the police locked her in her own bedroom because they wanted to speak to him first to get his account. And then he obviously said like, um, he made out that she was some kind of prostitute uh, and that she she was trying to like, t- you know, take his money or something. And so the police basically took his word for it. When they o- opened the door to, to her, they were, you know, really dismissive, really nasty to her and she was becoming more and more hysterical um and they completely they didn't take a statement from her she was bleeding um they let him go they took no further action um all on the basis of this male privilege um and i guess a foreign woman non-privilege yeah. because there was an instant assumption where she's an escort yeah. even if she had been an escort she didn't deserve to get punched be, in the exactly. fucking face it yeah i'm really shocked at that there because, was so much evidence yeah i'm really shocked at that because i i for some reason but it just shows you actually i just i thought that i don't know when it comes to the uk i just thought that they really took on um domestic violence Mm-mm. extremely seriously especially Mm-mm. when it comes to women i know that when it comes to like men it's just a, mm. but when it was when it comes to women it's just like nah this is we're gonna take this very seriously they so i'm so really shocked to hear don't. that oh i've experienced I'm so it sorry so to hear that. many times at work mm-hmm. and uh you know they don't they really don't take it seriously enough some do there's some amazing officers yeah i even had it i had a, a mate of mine who was in an abusive relationship she came out this was years ago she came out for my birthday and her boyfriend followed her and um broke her jaw basically she was standing outside my front door and he broke her jaw and we called the police and when the police came their attitude was like another domestic is here you know they were gross they like touched her they had like blood all over their gloves and then they just like dashed their gloves like in the bush like you know it was just this whole attitude towards it was just so unsympathetic it was just so like oh we're here again for another fucking woman you know yeah so i do think that that is is more prevalent but anyway i've gone (sighs) kind of left on this story no no but it's important and i'm not allaying her fears in any way (laughs) (laughs) no but it's important like i you know it just goes back to what we said previously um you know just being a woman is scary and just make sure you're around a lot of people and if any guy ever insists i guess on walking you home or wanting to go your way or even wanting to take you to the bus stop 
wherever it is where it's just you two be adamant and say no that you're waiting for a friend mm. or you know that you want to go see your mom make up a lie you know we yeah. don't lie enough yeah uh, as yeah. humans uh, lie uh, it's sad that we have to but yeah, <laughs> yeah i think that actually you know if she has first i think she needs to understand where this fear has come from and actually yeah. if it's come from something like she has been assaulted on a date then that's a valid fear of course that she needs to work through mm-hmm. because you know that horrible experience shouldn't then limit your life going forward dating for you know for your whole future so i would say that you need to get some kind of therapy or some kind of support for what might be post-traumatic stress disorder or you know you need to manage this fear because actually the likelihood is that you're probably not going to get assaulted whilst it is scary being a woman who dates you know statistically you're more likely to meet nice men than horrible men um and the fact that she's finding it hard to invite them out over after a few dates, I think that's probably something she needs to work with, actually, and trust her own gut. Like, yeah, if after if, a few dates you're not feeling that, then maybe he's not he's the not right the one. one. Yeah, and again, if you're still scared to, like, let a guy around, you know, into your house, have a friend there. Maybe a friend who's in another room. Yeah. Who can just be a witness or who can jump him if any funny <laughs> shit happens or even claim like even say my friend is coming over at 10 of or, course. my friend's staying with me for the week like yeah. she'll be back at 10 yeah. so then you know like and then maybe you can lie again if you really like him and he seems safe you can go oh she's just texted me she's not coming back you know mm-hmm. what i mean of course there's um, ways around it there's ways around it yeah yeah i think lying is probably <laughs> a good one <laughs> not in it's not a good answer to many questions yeah. but to that one yeah um the next question says uh how do you cope with the anger that comes after your ex moves on quickly to a new relationship oh my god that would burn i can't lie even when i saw this question i was just like oh my god that is a triggering one if my ex ever moved on you've got to let me you've got to let me move on first my love yeah and you better not let me find out it better be a silent move on <laughs> now i'm being crazy um oh how to handle it i think the best way to handle it um I think with any breakup, my friend always tells me you have to assume the worst. So assume that he's getting married and that he's got a baby on the way. I don't know why, but she tells me to assume for the worst. So when the worst does happen, it doesn't feel as bad. Um, And I'm trying to think because I'm trying to really put myself in this position. Because the truth is, I'd be pissed. Mm. (laughs) But I think the best thing to do is to make sure you keep out of your way. And when I say keep out of your way, I mean, like, don't start Instagram stalking Mm. because then you fall into a rabbit hole of checking her Instagram. Yeah. And And then you you don't want to do her cousin's Instagram. And you're like, (laughs) you're making a fake page and you're doing all of that and you're sending her requests. So she, you don't want to do any of that because you're wasting time that you could be bettering yourself or doing something that could be making you happy. And I feel like sometimes we put ourselves in situations that just make us upset like why do you want to be upset don't do that Mm. and um just realize that that person wasn't meant for you and remember why you um, broke up so often i feel like we never really truly deep the reasoning as to why Mm. me and that person like never worked out and we just get a montage of all the good times in our heads that just become a playback and um you just have to accept it like someone's always going to be with another person i know there's always that rule of not rule or like the idea of oh i wonder who's going to die alone but you just have to imagine the worst sometimes which is oh he's going to get married tomorrow and you know have a baby and um you and have that, to accept actually, it that's not the worst in a, in a way like because there was clearly a reason why why you didn't work out yeah like i mean I'm, i imagine if the breakup was because of the fact that like 
you know, she was if, if the breakup was something like, if you were in a situation where you were completely in love, you felt the relationship was going amazingly well, and then they end the relationship and then they move on really quickly, I think that would be the most soul destroying thing to go through. Definitely. But I think. Uh, you know, if this has been like a relationship that has ended because you're just not getting on, you're a clash, you've moved, you know, grown apart or there's been some toxic shit, um, then actually you have to, like you say, remember why you're not together yeah. anymore. You two weren't meant to be together. And that's okay. Yeah. And it's not necessarily <clears throat> any reflection on you whatsoever. Like... I don't think we get with new people thinking much about our exes. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, well, it depends how, how long ago it was. But, you know, it, you are prob probably comparing yourself to her, but he's not necessarily comparing her to you. This is not necessarily anybody else thinking that you are below or lesser than this woman other than you thinking that. So mm -hmm. I think she needs to like you say definitely not stalk mm -hmm. the woman definitely not focus too much on her um remember that it's probably really no loss um and also kind of like maybe operate in a bit of like an unconditional love kind of way like it helps me sometimes to feel like unconditional love for everyone even my enemies mm -hmm. <clears throat> and that's not to say that i'm actively loving them but like Sometimes I have to get that mentality in my head, like because I'm, I'm, I've got quite a hot temper. Mm -hmm. I can be quite an angry person. What's your sign? I'm a Sagittarius. Oh really? But I'm on the cast Scorpio, Sagittarius cusp. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm a Leo here. Oh, yeah, Leo. I love Leos. My son's a Leo. Aww. Yeah, I love Leos. Um, so I, I am quite quick to lose my temper. I'm quite aggressive, and I can be like that. You know, like road rage is quite bad for me and things. But if I get into my head like unconditional love, so then if somebody is a massive cunt when they're like driving. If I think, okay, my, my first instinct is, fuck you. And yeah. then it's like, okay, unconditional love because he's pissed me off. But I have to have love for this person as a human. I don't know what they've been through. I don't know what their history Truth. is. Yeah. So if I operate in this mode of unconditional love for everyone, even my exes, even their new girlfriends, yeah. then it's kind of easier to just kind of push. go, yeah, mm -hmm. to just push through. I know it's she's probably, that's not going to help her. Yeah. She's, she's probably thinking, okay, but what's the real bitch. answer? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But it's the truth. And, you know, the more time you spend, like, worrying about that relationship or worrying about her, less time you're giving yourself. And Yeah. Yeah, and you don't want to do that. There's so many other things you could be doing. If it's not picking up a new hobby or watching something on Netflix or, I don't know, bettering yourself just as a person instead of worrying about, you know, if it is a relationship, as you mentioned, that is, like, completely toxic and was done time ago. Mm. You could be doing something else, you know. Hopefully, your dating goes well because sometimes we can be like, I, I know it can. Sometimes we do like to be hypocrites. It's just like we're dating as well, but we get mad when they actually get into yeah. a relationship. So just focus on you. That's the only yeah. answer. I think that's the only best thing you can do. And don't try and revenge date. Like, don't jump oh, funny yeah. first into the dating scene yeah, thinking do I need a boyfriend now because yeah, he's got a girlfriend. You don't want to do that. You end up in a bad relationship, and you're like living that. for them as well. Yeah. yeah take the focus off it and i don't think that moving on really quickly like invalidates your whole relationship it doesn't take away the love or whatever it was that you had like it's just is what it is yeah and perhaps he's codependent and yeah. can't function on his own yeah. and doesn't even care who he's with he just wants to be with someone, someone. <laughs> so you know you can comfort yourself with that as well the next question says do you think it's harder to find people to date in this day and age than it was when you were younger harder do you know what i don't think it was harder i think it's actually it's a mix 
I think it's easier because we have, thankfully, we have like dating apps, which we weren't gifted with years ago. Do you, know, you, do you are you on the apps? I am. I'm on Bumble. So I use it, but um, I don't always go on there only because of who I am. And when I'm on how, there. Yeah, how does that work? People want to argue with me. People will pretend like, <laughs> <laughs> honestly, like there was this one time I thought I was talking to a normal person. And then he just started asking me questions about life and romance and stuff and I was thinking I don't want to be up myself I was thinking no it can't be like is he trying to like get an argument or a discussion out of me rather because he hasn't he knows who I am and I was like in complete denial and then it turns from that to having a conversation about dare I say it body count and Mm. um you know I'm still thinking this person has no idea who I am so we're having this heated debate you know, on an on a dating app. So it wasn't even Bumble at the time. So it was just a dating app. And um, out of nowhere, he just basically, he's just like, yeah, I know who you are, by the way. Da-da-da-da. And I'm just like, oh, this makes more sense. And my sister was just like, you idiot. Of course he knew who you were. <laughs> but, you know, that was just one experience. Are you on there as Dami or Aloni? I go on there as Dami. Yeah. I go on there as Dami. And some people, you know, some people are just like, oh, you look familiar. I'm like, do I? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it can be difficult. It's not always the greatest you know avenue for me per se but that's because i have thousands of eyes watching me but if you're just like an everyday person then yeah i would definitely say it's certainly helped um because you get shown a different type of pool you know we live in an age where you can pick the age group you you know you want to go through or you want to have a look at and see if there's anyone worth dating or you know your height um when it comes to religious backgrounds or cultures race like you can pick everything that you want to look for in a person through just a dating app which we never had like maybe i don't know 20 years ago what do you think of the race thing because i know yeah couple of pages tinder translators and a, and a few other pages i've seen have been kind of trying to do a bit of activism stuff with the dating apps to the ones that do have a race yeah. filter yeah so you can choose whether you want to see yeah, white, see right, black, black indian Asian. south american whatever um and some people argue that it's racist yeah. and that you shouldn't have those kind of filters what's yeah. your view on that See, I don't think it's racist because I feel like, especially being a black woman in London, when you go on dating apps that don't have that, you feel like you're seeing, you want to see something that's tailored to you. You want to see something that you can identify with. I feel like it's easier for a white person to meet another white person in the UK than a black person to meet another black person. Of course, Mm. we only make up 3%. So you want to be like, yo, where are you? I want to see the other 3%. Like, Mm. do you know what I mean? It's very hard when we make up that tiny percentage. So wanting to be with someone from your own culture, from your own background. Yeah. That's not unheard of. (laughs) Yeah, 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 exactly. It's not unheard of. And if you can pick the type of height, you know, you want to, you want to go for Mm. or the type of age you want to go, why can't you pick the race? Like, you know, there's no one debates that. Is there not a black dating app? Maybe there are, but I don't there know them. Be. There should be. There should be. But again, we only make up 3%, so it is very hard. Like, it would be like... Yeah, but like, 3% of like what? Yeah, like millions. Yeah. Million. It's yeah, quite millions. It's true. It's true, especially like London. And I feel like in London, everybody knows each other anyway. So mm. it's always hard to come across seeing other black people that you haven't met. So, you know, having that filter is definitely um, a positive. And I think people who 
built and um, think against it they're talking from privilege that's just privilege talking you've yeah. never had to experience being the absolute other because what is more other than being bamed do you know what i mean mm. or just being from even a sexuality even your sexual um, sexuality background as well we have apps for gay people no one you know do you know what i mean yeah. there's also apps that allow you to find people who have the same sexual orientation as you do mm. so um you know wanting someone from ghana or jamaica you know <laughs> shouldn't really be so hard to um you know um take in mm. yeah i think the conversation comes from like I, I guess they may be looking at it from the perspective of like if white people weren't didn't want to date black people yeah but then actually i think that you as a black woman yeah. wouldn't want men who don't want to date you would you yeah. know what i mean yeah. actually if they don't want to go fuck yeah, off, good. get rid of exactly. them like, don't want to see them there was a video the other day i think this wrestler or whatever he is like he's this little person and he was saying he doesn't like black women and we were like, thank you. Oh, was that on the ZZ Mills? Yeah. And we yeah. were like, thank you. He's not a wrestler. He's a, pr- he's a prisoner. He's like a burglar. I don't know. What, yeah, he's a burglar. He's I wrestled him in the Daily Mail. <laughs> Didn't he win a fight or something? I don't know what oh, it was. I don't know. Knows, but mate, I don't he's, know. he's got a fucking blue tick and I, I haven't. He's a fucking burglar. <laughs> I know, right? I saw that. I saw that. I read about him because he admitted that he tried to say he was 26 and his girlfriend was apparently 19. Ooh. And it's come out that the guy's actually 30 years old. So everyone's just like... Ooh, so they were really on his neck the other day and it was just like Ooh. oh that's you to keep black women out your mouths now yeah. because we wouldn't have found out about all of this had you not spoken about us i thought that whole thing was a bit like i only watched the first like 20 minutes and yeah. i was so shocked by him saying he didn't want uh, black women yeah and i was also kind of shocked because easy was like making short jokes yeah which is so yeah I mean, yeah like, that's not cool yeah it's a, dis- it's a disability yeah you know? of course was, uh, but also he looked like he was off his face on crack like <laughs> The whole thing I was just I, only like, saw, I might give it a watch I only watched the preview and I just saw his manager like trying to tame him trying and, to sort him out yeah and, but it was too late that well, yeah she did that element of it she did but yeah, um, but yeah he was I, I, he did not look well oh gosh so yeah. I think he's done black women a favour he really has done us a favour honestly No, none of us I promise you are <laughs> losing sleep went on no yeah. no um I mean, in terms of them I mean, the question, which is, do you think it's harder to find people to date in this day and age than yeah. when you were younger? For me, 100%. Um, you think it's harder? Um, well, I'm nearly 40. Yeah, no way. So, yeah. Really? Why do you were younger? Um, so, yeah, I'm nearly 40. Yeah. So, it's a very different reality to, like, obviously, when I first started dating, we didn't. there wasn't even social media. I didn't get Facebook. No, I didn't get MySpace. I had MySpace in, like, 2005 or something. Yeah. But that wasn't, like, a dating. People didn't use it as a, as a dating thing. Um, so, so, dating when I was younger, up until I was about... 24 it was really you met people like through Through friends friends. or work or there was also a massive phenomenon of people just come up to you in the street like all the time i couldn't walk down the street i've got got really big boobs which has (laughs) probably got something to do with it because we know men are mad yeah um but I couldn't walk down the street without a car pulling up alongside me to ask for my number or in Tesco's or whatever. It felt like it happened all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'd have, we didn't have mobiles. You yeah. know, you'd have to give someone your house number oh, yes. and you sit on your landline for like three hours. Yes. Like, oh my God. Those this was days. different times. Yeah. And, um, and I, I, and I, again, I'm not sure if it is like the lay of the land, which has changed things or just the fact that I'm older. Maybe people do approach 20 year olds randomly, whereas they're not going to with me 
me because maybe I look like I'm a bigger woman and I'm not going to tolerate their shit. I think guys are also scared as well. They're just like, I don't want to be labelled a harasser or catcalling. Yeah. Which isn't a bad thing. I think it's good because I do want to walk down the road without a guy having... Because I get scared. When guys start or cars start to like drive slowly, I'm just like... Can yeah, I help it's not you? nice. It's not it? nice at all. No. It's bloody scary. I'm just yeah. like, are they going to jump out or what? Like, you yeah. know what I mean? I wasn't scared of it when I was younger, yeah, though. Because it was so normalized. Normal. It was yeah. so normal to yeah. me. That's just how you met people. Yeah. But then I was in a long term relationship which ended in 2011 and so I and that started in like 2006 and so during that period like insta started and all of those things like you know dating apps all came up up. and so i i ended that relationship with his child as a single mother so i didn't date for a couple of years so then when after that when i went into the dating scene it was like 2013 2014 and obviously i hadn't been single since like 2006 yeah so it was a fucking shock to the system. Yeah, yeah. Like everything had changed. changed. Yeah. And, but, but even then I felt like it was a bit more active, like maybe cause it was new, but I felt like it was m- much easier to meet people on the dating apps. Yeah. Now I just feel like they've, they've kind of become a bit like, are people even actually meeting up for dates these days? Like, no, no. guys just want to come around. That's it, isn't it? They just want to come when around. When you cooking for me, when please. you cooking for me, who told you I can cook? How do you know <laughs> I'm not gonna put judge in your food? Like, <laughs> you have no idea. You trust me way too much. <laughs> Sweat rice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You have no idea. Like, I do not like guys who are oh, who are just ready to go over to any woman's house. You know, mm. off the couple eat at her house. I think that's very weird. I think that since sex has become easier to get love has become harder to find oh definitely definitely because i don't like using this quote but it just it's the oldest one of the oldest ones and if you take away you know the whole i'll just say it but you know it's more like you know why buy the cow when you can get the milk for free Mm. you know it is a horrible thing if you break it down and really look at it but it's kind of similar in terms of what you're saying you know sex is easy to get so why do i need to push for a relationship Mm. we definitely are probably at the height of hookup culture right now you know every sex is glamorized and you know sexual education isn't i wish sexual education was more glamorized than sex in itself because at least guys would be fucking properly there'd be less abortions there'd be more women on contraception who understand their body there'd Mm. be more knowledge on consent guys wouldn't be getting themselves in trouble um when it comes to um when it comes to consent and sexual harassment or sexual assault but the the height of you know hookup culture no one wants to i guess do the the work on the boring stuff yeah 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 so yeah i think it's a it's a a massive conversation we probably won't have time for it here but like i clearly believe in women's sexual liberation yeah and i believe that women should be able to have casual sex Mm. and enjoy that um but i think that it has had a negative impact on relationships because Mm. like you say women are sexually liberated now and so some men who kind of felt that one of the appeals of a relationship was somebody to have sex with regularly are actually avoiding that now because there's loads of people to have sex with regularly Mm -hmm. and so whilst I don't think that we should go backwards in terms of women's liberation I do think it has set us back a little way I I mean I don't want to blame women for that you know what I mean so it's a hard conversation to have should be a healthy way around it I guess Mm. so you know because even with men having sex with multiple women in a way that's still 
I mean, you know, unless they're telling these other women that they're having sex with other women, and if we were to ask the average guy, he, he's probably lying to, mm-hmm. to them and making out like she's the only woman he's sleeping with, which isn't right. Do you know what I mean? So um, I would definitely say that I understand what you mean in terms of like, it's kind of lost its worth for relationships because even when guys are in relationships, they're still cheating mm. because sex is, again, easy to get. And this is why I said men are easy in general anyway. I think men are the easier ones, to be honest. And um, they don't get slut-shamed enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they should do. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I feel like we still have a way to go, even when it comes to sexual liberation, because women are still slut-shaming every day. Oh my God. Every day. Yeah, even, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's still, it's still used against women as to, you know, who she sleeps with or who she hooks up with and whatnot. But I definitely do feel like a lot of women still are finding themselves when it comes to sex. Mm. And I think finding yourself is sometimes the hardest bit because a lot of women are having sex because it's just out of pleasure. Having sex to fill in that empty void. Having sex because they want to feel amongst, you know, have something to bring to the table when it comes to conversations like with their friends or, or whatnot. Or might just be experimenting. I don't know. There's so many reasons. And I think that a lot of millennial, even Gen Z, especially Gen Z, I feel like Gen Z are worse than millennials, actually. Because they... Where, where did Gen Z start? So Gen Z is from 1994. It starts from... 90, no, it end. Wait, hold on. So millennials, the gap is... Millennials from, is 89. Is 81 to 94. Yeah, to 94-ish. Yeah. And then it goes from 94 to maybe probably 2000 and so, I don't mm. know. So, yeah, those are the weird babies but i think (laughs) they're weird but i will definitely say that they're woke and they're more they're more they're more risk takers Mm. but i feel like just when you're younger anyway you become you know you you want to take more risks or you want to be more um challenging to social norms in general anyway and that's again the beauty of being younger (laughs) you Mm. don't care and you can do what you want so they question things and i feel like when it comes to gen z they question a lot of shit and one of those things is you know sexuality liber um, sexual liberation why can't they be as sexual as men Mm. um you know, especially if men are having sex with women, Mm. you know, if we're talking about straight men. Um, But yeah, no, there's definitely a lot of things that do need to, that we do need to have conversations about Mm. when it comes to how we have sex and what we're using sex for. I I could not agree more, especially with casual sex, because I do wonder, you know, I've had casual sex before, sometimes not even intentionally. Yeah, I've wanted him and then he just hasn't ghosted me. Um, But when I think about it, I'm not someone who comes like from a penis just entering me yeah I need clitoral stimulation to come yeah I'm not one of them lucky 20% yeah. um and you know I think that has is, is a major factor in in casual sex like for guys they know m- most likely 90% of the time they are going to ejaculate they mm-hmm. are going to come regardless of what the woman looks like regardless of what the situation <laughs> is yeah. they'll stick their penis in something and they will probably come whereas for women it's a lot harder and you know I don't I'm preaching to the choir I don't need to tell yeah, you yeah, what yeah, women course, need yeah. to be warmed up to have good sex mm. and often I don't think that you get that in casual sex and if you speak to a lot of men they will tell you that in a casual encounter they don't actually care, care the they don't comes. they don't they don't care they don't they might not be doing this, oral or, this is why you need to stop having sex with these type of men so anyone mm. who's listening if you're having casual sex the whole point of casual sex is to be casually having sex 
with someone who cares about my pleasure personally mm. and you know wants to make me not like we want to make each other feel good so if you're not doing your work why are we here why are we in this bed together yeah. like i what could just be point? with what is the point i could my toy will do a better job than you yeah and um yeah those are the type of guys women should definitely stop having sex with because oh, that's what i call masturbation you know they're just using your body for masturbation yeah and they don't they don't care about your pleasure at all yeah which i, I hate I, and i think sometimes women are kidding themselves you know they might think oh you know i'm gonna do this because i'm horny but actually you're not necessarily going to get anything any much pleasure out of this situation mm-hmm. and are you actually doing it because you want that intimacy you want the compliments you want that male validation mm-hmm. y- you know that is emptiness. it actually for the sex yeah. for your pussy or is it for other things and if it's for the other things you're definitely not going to get them out of casual sex yeah you're most likely to be left feeling a bit shit quite shit yeah, yeah. and it's i don't know i think it's oh, there's just something that still needs to change i don't know what it is sometimes casual sex especially if you don't know what you're having sex for you know a guy can just have sex with you come around and then he leaves and you're just like you sometimes you might even feel used Mm. and you don't want that yeah and if you do feel that way you need to ask yourself why and you know a guy should be able to just leave after you've just had sex and you could be like thank fuck get the hell out of my house do you know what i mean i've had sex with guys where i'm just like okay bye (laughs) do you know what i mean make him feel yeah exactly you're like okay get out like "Mm, right i've got need to start tidying up now plan on yeah what time you get in your cab or whatever yeah so um yeah you should only have sex if you can handle being if you should only have casual sex if you can handle being treated casually yeah exactly and you know what it is and be honest with your feelings because sometimes we lie to ourselves we're having casual sex with with men we're really in love with Mm. (laughs) do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so that's where um lines get blurred that ain't gonna make a man interested in you at all give up the goods in order to make him love you it's probably not not give up the goods i hate that term i don't know why i used it but you know what i mean but anyway yes i think it's harder to find people to date in this day and age than it was when i was younger definitely but again i don't know if that's because the lay of the land or because i'm older or my my like i can spot red flags a mile off now yeah so guys that i meet now i would have probably dated them 10 years ago and now i'm like oh Um, all right, the next question says, how do I stop herpes being such a huge barrier to me getting close to anyone? Ooh. And can I fuck new people without them catching it? Ooh, that's such a hard one. But I've had mm. this question quite a couple of times from, you know, people who um, who are living with herpes. So I believe that's like, there's two viruses, if I'm not mistaken. Please feel free to correct me online. HSV-1. Yeah, HSV-2. HSV yeah. yeah, okay. So, um Usually what I always say is you need to make sure that you're having sex with someone who's sexually mature because there are a lot of clowns around here (laughs) who don't understand any sort of STIs or, you know, STIs in itself is associated with being dirty. But if you've done that understanding and you're sex positive, you'll know that, you know, STIs don't define you and that it can take just, you know, by sleeping with one person before you get anything. Yeah. And you can have someone out there who's probably had sex with 10 guys and she won't get anything. So, you know, having an STI one does not make you dirty. Mm. But I would definitely say that whoever you're having sex with or you plan on having sex with, just make sure that they're mature and have a good understanding of um, sexual health in general um, before you do decide to be open. I would say perhaps go to a clinic 
um, and see a nurse together or just a sexual health advisor who can help give them more information. Um, I would definitely say have sex with condoms. You should definitely, definitely always have sex with condoms. But yeah, it's it's very, I would say you have to let them know. You don't mm. want to, I would hate if I was having sex with someone who had herpes and didn't let me know. And so often we focus on, especially my generation, actually maybe they're snapping out of it or they're just not as open about it anymore. So often we talk about like the number of people that we've slept with and how much it matters and my thing has always been like listen unless you have an STI I really couldn't give mm-hmm. a toss so I think being transparent about STIs is very very important yeah I agree completely I think it's her- herpes is such a it's, it's a sad one really because um w- women especially I've been talking about this quite a lot on my page recently uh which is that when so so i'll just give a brief bit of information about herpes for anyone who doesn't know so herpes as you said there's um there's one virus the herpes virus which actually is responsible for shingles chicken pox so um uh vast majority according to world health organization about 70 percent of the world's population has the hsv virus yeah. you and me yeah. probably have hsv just take something to i'd be kind of surprised yeah. if we didn't to yeah. be honest with you yeah. because it you know but uh, most people are asymptomatic so mm. out of the 70 percent of the world's population who are infected with it 80 percent of people don't know yeah. that they're infected with it because they've never had an outbreak only around 20 percent of those people will have active uh herpes outbreaks mm-hmm. hsv1 is oral herpes which comes up on your mouth hsv2 is genital herpes but you can transmit oral herpes to the genitals and you can transmit genital herpes to the mouth yeah. um and what is it, uh, so the virus will stay in your body forever yeah. and you can um get treatment for it which can ease the symptoms but it can't take it away yeah most people vast majority will have an outbreak at the beginning so their first flare-up tends to be really bad so it'll be really sore sores Mm. and it actually makes you feel very unwell flu-like symptoms and things like that and then some people have lots of flare-ups after some people have no flare-ups at all some people have one every five seven years they're more like you're more likely to have flare-ups if you're like immunosuppressed or if you've got if you're very run down you're stressed pregnant on your period there's lots of different factors um but the interesting thing is that um when people are diagnosed with herpes um I've spoken to doctors. I used to work in sexual health mm-hmm. um, and uh, Dr. Naomi Sutton on my sexual health podcast and loads of other people, sexual health professionals that I've spoken to have all said the same thing, which is that when a man is diagnosed with herpes, he's like, okay, cool. Like, thanks for telling me. See you later. Yeah. And when a woman is diagnosed with herpes, uh, she's, she's distraught. Yep. She's traumatized. Yeah. She thinks this is the end of her life. She uh, asks a million questions. She wants to know how to protect future partners. You know, it's end of the world. And I have spoken to so many women who get the diagnosis and feel like, well, that's it. Mm. That's me done. How can I ever get another partner? They feel this intense shame. And many of them have had experiences where they have gone on to tell new partners Mm. and they've had a really bad reaction from it. I've also heard about a lot of abusive men intentionally giving, knowingly giving their girlfriends oral sex or whatever when they've got a cold sore so that they purposely damage, and I say that quote unquote, the woman. So 
so the, the the gender reaction tends to be really different women mm. really internalize it men are really laissez-faire about it which is why i think so many of them are giving it to women because they're i don't even think so much often it's actually intentionally that they're being shit about it mm-hmm. i think actually they're just, just like, so like care. whatever mm-hmm. like um and we need to be more like men we need to be more like men we need to go okay I've got this thing. And actually, it's no different to a cold sore. Um, people don't freak out. Like, I remember being in school and loads of people had cold sores. It was it's just more a normal common. thing. It is more common than people let on. It's just not spoken about because, no. again, there's that lack of education. And we don't talk about having STIs in general. Like, it'd be very hard for me. I mean, I spoke to a guy, actually, once, one of my male friends. And I was just like, don't lie to me. You've had an STI before. Like, it wasn't like we were going to be sexual. He's just a friend. And again, like, I talked to all my friends about sex. So he was just like, no 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 i said do not lie to me you've had an sti before and he goes okay once just chlamydia but mm. I clean. do you know what i mean so i was just it's very like there's just this huge stigma around it he but would never be like that if you'd said have you ever had flu before you yeah know what I exactly mean? i was gonna say that as well exactly you know people cough or, or sneeze all the time people get colds and it's no different it just happens to be with your genitals yeah. do you know what i mean but but again sex in itself is still stigmatized yeah. so having a sick vagina or a sick mm. penis sometimes it's gonna be like oh like what have you been doing with that do you know yeah. what i mean yeah but i think the thing is if you met a man if i met a man and he had a cold sore and he said to me i've got a cold sore so i don't think we should kiss at the moment mm-hmm. but as soon as it's gone and as soon as i'm not feeling the tingles and my outbreak is done we can kiss. And I think vast majority of people would be cool. Yeah. Because cold sores are so normalized and we know that people with cold sores don't then just get banished to single island for the rest of their <laughs> life where they can't kiss anyone. Yeah. You know, they they know if they've got an outbreak coming and then you can make that choice about whether you kiss them or not. Absolutely. And we really should view genital herpes in exactly the same Same way. way. Like it shouldn't limit your life and we should be able to say to people, yeah, I've had cold sores basically on my vagina before, haven't got them now. I'm very aware of how it feels before I have an outbreak. So I will let you know. Because you can have safe sex. Your risk of having sex with somebody with herpes who's not having an outbreak is the same as your risk of having sex with anyone Mm -hmm. and that's because of the fact that so many people have the virus and are asymptomatic so somebody could choose to fuck me and i'm like i've never had herpes but they could catch it off me because i have it asymptomatically and they they get a symptomatic version of it Mm -hmm. so so your so your risk of having sex with me where i've said i've never had herpes is is the same as having sex with somebody who says i've had herpes i don't have an outbreak right now yeah i'm going to keep you as safe as possible so there's no difference and we need to live in a society where people are able to disclose so that then we we are you know it's much safer Mm -hmm. it's much safer for a man to say i've had it but this is how we're gonna do it yeah but yeah condoms or dental dams for oral sex which are good as well it's weird isn't it that dental dams aren't like just on the shelves they're not spoken about highly and i think that's because people laugh at the idea of it or even like finger condoms as Mm. well um, there are so many safe, you know, ways of having sex, but it's not practiced often because, mm. again, sex has been glamorized. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird, isn't it? So, 
there's two questions here really can i fight new people without them catching it yes you can mm-hmm. as long as you're not having an outbreak and even if you feel the tingles of an outbreak and i would also wait for a period after the outbreak after the sores have gone there might be a what's called shedding yeah um where the virus sheds um and that's why you can catch it from asymptomatic people because the virus still sheds even if you're asymptomatic yeah. so so yes you can fuck new people without <laughs> them catching it um what doctors say is that you don't have any obligation to disclose your herpes status again because the risk is the same with pretty much everyone but you probably should Mm -hmm. i would want someone to disclose i wouldn't want them to not tell me um and i wouldn't judge them for it um but i think you need so the first question is how do i stop herpes being such a huge barrier to me getting close to anyone i think you need to date people who are educated and open-minded absolutely um and i think that you need to because you're the only one who's making it feel like a barrier there's fucking millions of people with herpes in very successful healthy relationships where their partner has never caught it and um and as soon as you accept it and own it then i think that you are going to be able to feel like it's not a barrier anymore it shouldn't be a barrier it shouldn't it shouldn't um right we're coming close to the end (sighs) so oh this one's sad i love the man i love the man (laughs) i love my man from the bottom of my heart but his penis is a bit too small what do i do Ooh. See, if I was on laid bear, we'd probably be laughing. But (laughs) (laughs) no, I'm joking. But um, I would say it's hard, though, because people feel like just because a guy has a small dick that the sex is automatically crap. And I've had sex with guys who've had really huge penises and had no idea what to do with it. That could have been due to age or due to just thinking it's big. That's all it needs to be. I don't need to do much with it. I'm not entirely sure. But then there's guys I've been with who have been smaller and have been absolutely amazing. Like sex has been in tune. Um, the foreplay has been amazing. There's, people feel like penetration is the only way you can enjoy sex. And mm. it really isn't. And I think that's because society has just made sex so penetration focused in itself. Yeah. And I wish it was more clit focused. Like, well, you know, clit stimulated focus, mm. which, you know, you guys can also explore and enjoy. Um, I wouldn't say worry too much about the size of his dick unless... It's really, really getting to you. Kind of like that episode in Sex and the City where yeah. Sam was sat on the toilets and she was like, his penis is too small. Yeah. You know, if it really gets to you, I'm, I'm a big believer in sexual compatibility and again, like um, visuals. So for me, I need, it has to be appealing to my eyes. Um, not necessarily the the size, but the way it looks, the girth. Like I want to be attracted to what your mm. dick looks like, especially if I'm attracted to you. But if you're not attracted to what his dick looks like, my dear, you're just going to have to find someone you're sexually compatible. But before you jump, you know, um, ship, I would definitely say explore having a different type of sex because you can still enjoy great sex um, with a guy who has a smaller penis. Yeah. Don't I- let porn fool you. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm team m- medium medium to small rather than medium to large really? I, yeah i don't like big dick yeah. I, I really don't i find it painful yeah i find it uncomfortable um there is a product called Onut which you can use during doggy which mm-hmm. makes it more comfortable it acts as like a barrier um they put their dick through this like 
plastic thing. Yeah. And so it kind of allows them to still penetrate you, but a smaller amount of the dick going Goes in, so in. It's not bashing against mm, the yeah. cervix or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I would actually, if I had to have a choice, it would be medium to small rather than medium to large. I yeah. know that's slightly unusual, but I kind of prefer... You like what you like. Yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. I, I find sex much better with smaller penises. Yeah. Um, but I can understand this. I have encountered a man with like a freakishly small. I shouldn't. That's not a nice word to use about it. it I have I like have. a little butter mushroom. Yeah, it I, was. I'm, I remember I was touching this guy's dick once, and I was just I honestly like thought. I tell my friends this all the time, but I can't believe it was a thought in my head. All I kept thinking is, where's the rest? Like, yeah, honestly, I was just. I was so confused. I was just like, no, mm. no. Okay. Yeah, but I didn't even bother to explore be sex because so I just because I just knew it wasn't for me, mm. and that's completely okay. I'm sure there are. I mean, guys do not shy away from saying like, yeah. "Oh, a girl's bum isn't as big, or her boobs aren't as big, or da 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 da." So uh, honestly, like, uh, it's hard, it, yeah. though, isn't it? Because he he's she loves him from the bottom of her heart. Yeah, I mean, maybe she could introduce toys. Yeah, as long as he didn't good. feel yeah I inadequate. Mean, yeah, I mean, it. you can use toys with anyone one big or small i use toys with guys who are huge mm. like it's not about you it's about me for goodness sake my yeah. you know as you mentioned earlier like our orgasms are way more complicated the female orgasm is complicated it's not as it's not always going to be penetration focused we still love penetration oh we love it we love the feel of you on us you know under us whatever it is we love it but we still need our clitorises played with and sometimes your dicks aren't always gonna do that for us mm. no matter how much fingering you do as well or you know <laughs> flicking of our bean that you do we need something that's there and again it's not meant to replace it's supposed to complement him as well yeah so exactly. don't ever a guy should never ever see a sex toy as a competition never that's just be weird intimidated yeah, by it. yeah exactly i think for her she has to look at like what are her relationship priorities is sex really important to you if that is really because for some people it's less important mm-hmm. You might have your kind of five top things in a relationship. And if sex is really high up on that and you're not able to have the sex that you want with Mm -hmm. him, then that might be a factor. But if other things are higher on that list and he's meeting those things and sex is a bit lower, then maybe you can compromise Compromise. in that area, bring in toys, do do what you need to do. And be heavy on foreplay as Mm. well. Like, you know, introduce flavoured lube into the bedroom. Is he going down on you? If he's not going on down on you, then I say get rid of him personally. <laughs> oh, definitely. <laughs> uh, all right, we'll get to the last question now because I've kept you for an hour and a half. Cool. Um, the final question says, my orgasm is important to my partner, mm, as it should be. I love. But I have been faking it because I feel choked when it comes to telling him what I want. How do I learn to communicate what I want in bed? Girl talk open your mouth and be direct i don't know like tell me if i'm maybe this is just me i feel like as i've gotten older i don't shy away from telling guys when mm. i don't not and there's it's not always a bad thing you know first round can be for him second round can be for me if they you know? manage a second yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is true that is very Get true yours first. Yeah, yeah do you know what i mean it's true it's always competition about and i love when we come together that's why i think my last orgasm was actually a little death because we came together as well so i found that even beautiful <laughs> but i would definitely say that um you just need to be direct and just say oh do you know what it didn't come next time we go can we do this instead? Can we do that? Can we try this? 
and just be honest um i mean lying about your orgasm is not unheard of it's just how you choose to tackle it going forward which really matters um and i get why we do it but you're not really doing you're not you're you're the only one who's losing out basically i think that's one of the hardest things which is she's obviously in a relationship with a nice man who's you know prioritizing her pleasure and all of that stuff but I think we fake it for so many reasons. Too many women. Fake. I think I think probably most women have faked it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of women fake it multiple times. And I think one of the issues is if you start faking it with a partner, it's very hard to stop. So if you get into a new relationship, I would advise anyone, make it your, a promise to yourself that the, any new partner, you will never fake mm-hmm. it because then you never have to you know find yourself in a situation where you then have to stop faking it yeah but in this kind of situation where she's obviously been faking it it's really difficult to kind of then turn around and go actually yeah (laughs) yeah to be honest the last five years have been (laughs) totally fake yeah it's really difficult to say that to a man so i guess she's in a position now where she wants to start getting pleasure but it's very difficult for her to actually say i think default mode she's gone into the whole faking thing and i think what us women do quite often i've done it so many times is like they'll start going down on me and like instantly i'm like oh yeah yeah why am i doing that yeah it's true that's not how i feel yeah it's not how i feel it's true and they don't do that when you don't a blowjob they're like oh yeah yeah they don't they're just pretty much silent apart from yeah 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 no it's true absolutely so we have to really we 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 have to mirror their behavior (laughs) mirror that behavior but also you know don't moan when you're actually not feeling great wonderful sensations and pleasure like stay silent Mm -hmm. react when you actually are feeling Mm -hmm. that so then he really knows to do that more but i think it is a hard conversation to have i think it's a conversation to to have maybe within the bedroom and when you're lying there not oh i've been faking it for ages but um think like prepare before you go into the sexual situation Mm -hmm. and think about what it is that you want to say and think about the sexiest ways in which you can maybe say that so you know perhaps whispering in his ear i'd love it if you did this Mm -hmm. or you know um but it's very difficult. It's, but I, I would hope that if you're having a relationship with somebody who's a really nice man, that he would be somebody who could receive this without it being a massive bruise to exactly. his ego. And it's not about his ego. Like, I've, I'm sorry, but his ego is not more important than my pleasure. Mm. I'm sorry. And, you know, if your orgasm really does matter to him, he'll be very happy with the way, you know, you've just demonstrated the way to communicate. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So... Um, there is power in communication. You don't want to come around and be like, listen, you're not doing a good job. Yeah. That was shit. You want to be honest. You want to be sexy. And um, I feel like there's just power in communication in the way you do it. Yeah. And um, that's that's just the best way to go. Just definitely get prepared. Maybe say something like, oh, I was reading this article mm-hmm. and they were suggesting this. And I feel or like I, I kind of want to try this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so maybe think about the things that you're going to ask for. And what is it that you want? I yeah. think that's the other thing is get to know what you actually want. What are your desires? Mm-hmm. What turns you on? Um, what is a fetish for you? What do you think about? when you masturbate like all of those things and communicate them to him talk to him about that yeah and bring sex toys into the room again Mm. sex toys yeah sex toys do an amazing job yeah because a lot of guys again like cetera guys just assume that they just need to go pow 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 and then you go squirting like a waterfall like (laughs) does not happen it's not real it's a lie yeah i mean there's some lucky women who probably 
do have their bodies react like that but the majority of us Mm -hmm. do not (laughs) exactly yeah um all right well that's the end so i'm I'm very happy thank you thank you for having me i really had fun thank you for having me honestly i felt like i came honestly Because you're easily pleased. I really am. (laughs) Um, No, you're amazing. And I have so much respect for you. I I think you you do a a brilliant thing. And I think you're a voice for so many women. And I think you articulate yourself beautifully. And I think you're gonna you're gonna do amazing big things. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. This was amazing. I can't wait to listen back. I'm so happy you had me on. This was a long time coming. It was. And hopefully you can jump on Lady Bear as well. When we're back in the studio, because again we're doing everything by remote mm. and I've realised that I love when guests are actually in the studio it's not with the us it's the same is it when you're it's not the same yeah. especially if you already don't have that connection so yeah. it's yeah it's much better and the the sound is even better yeah, so yeah exactly I'll hold yeah. you to that well, thank you very <laughs> much thank right. you so much for having me bye bye, bye.